Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It means it's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Got my trusty white chocolate duo here. And sit back and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above for the week ahead. It is Monday, June 26th. Thank you all for joining me this morning. And it's already been such a Mercury sort of week. And it's only what? one day into the week. Yikes. So when I was sitting about to plan this particular broadcast, uh, yesterday, I was looking at the week ahead going, everything's about Mercury. Of course, there is a Mars thing. But most everything was about Mercury. And at the end of the week, it's about Neptune. So we have a lot to talk about in terms of the communication planet, right? The messenger planet, the planet of the mind and your thinking processes, mental anxiety, and the like. And that is something that started out my day just like that, right? I turn my computer on and there's an email that says, hi, your account has been charged $162 for McAfee virus protection. And I went, okay, I, I use McAfee, right? It's my go-to virus protection. Last year I paid $75 for it. And now they're charging me 162 and they're charging me for it a month ahead of time, right? It's not even up until the end of July, but at the end of June, they're charging me for it and they're charging me double what I paid last year. And so then I reach out to call them and ended up on a customer service go round, right? Go round, round and round with people I could not understand because they speak English all right, but they're from, I don't know, China, Philippines, India. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with those people in their English, but on, you know, uh, on the phone, it's very difficult to understand them. And so I'm like, okay. I need to be able to understand what it is that you are saying to me. So the girl slows down. <laughs> she tries to tell me what she's saying. And all I get is this. I want a refund. And now you're trying to sell me on something else, like discounting my product. Why didn't you just do that from the start? Why did you not just give me your best price as a customer, a client of yours since 2014, why did you not just give me your best price instead of charging me double and then waiting for me to see if I was going to call you or ask for a refund or do something that then let you give me half off? Oh, my Lord. I've had this happen so many different times in so many different ways. It just happened to me last month with Sirius XM. Uh, I have in my car, I have uh, a I don't know, whatever you call it, radio in interface that allows me to stream Sirius XM. And what do they do? <laughs> first of all, I called them first because I had this go around with them last year. So first thing I do is call them when I get the email. See, at least they emailed. McAfee didn't even email me. They didn't even say, hey, look, you, you know, in another month, you're going to get charged. Or, hey, you know, on June 26th, we're going to try to, you know, charge you for your next year's subscription. Sirius did the same thing. They wanted double, double what I paid last year. And I said, ain't doing it, right? I can go get Spotify. I can get Pandora and I can do that for less than half 
of what it is you're trying to charge me. So I had to go round with them. And finally, they give me the discounted price. I am so tired of this BS, right? I am sick and tired of it. Give me the best price right from the start because I'm your customer and have been. It just drives me crazy. And of course, it's coming in on a morning, you know, where Mercury is getting ready to move into Cancer. So we're talking the communication planet. I'm a Gemini already. So of course, I'm being affected by anything Mercury does. And um, <laughs> we yesterday we had Mercury in a square to Neptune. So here's where the garbled comes in, right? The garbled. The, it, it was almost like the woman that I first talked to, like every time she would talk, her microphone would pop. So not only do you have, you know, the broken English that you're trying to listen very intently to, but you also have this popping sound going on when she um, says different things, right? Different uh, words, perhaps. And it, it was driving me insane. But what happened to me at first is... <laughs> I mean, really, you guys, I can't even make this stuff up. I call their, first I go to their website and I look to see how do I get a refund? They say you have to call their customer service number. Cool. Call their customer service number. And the customer service number wouldn't work. So I call the number and it says press one if you need a refund or help with billing. So I press one and I then press two if you want this. Press three if you want this. Press four if you want this. No matter what number I pressed. It just sent me back around to the beginning that says, hi, we have updated our phone service and press one if you have. I was like, OK, this is dumb. So then I get on their chat, which is really not supposed to be for refunds. And I'm telling the guy what's going on. And he's, so he goes, well, hold on for a second. He calls the number. And of course, it works for him. It works for him. I'm like, of course, it works for you. You work there. You're not a customer calling in from the outside. He's like, I'm sorry, ma'am, I can't process a refund. Okay, great, Sam, thanks so much. I'll try again. And I tried the number, finally it works. The first guy says, okay, do you have a case number? I said, yes, I have a case number. Blah, 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 give him the case number. He goes, oh, I see that's a technical issue. I'm transferring you now. He didn't even wait for me to say, I don't have a technical issue. I want a refund. So he sends me over to tech. So the tech guy starts with the whole rigmarole. I go, wait, I don't need tech help. I need a refund. Send me back to the refund people. So they sent me back to the refund people. And this is when I got a different person who was hard to understand, but she got the job done. But I'm telling you, it was so ridiculous. It was 7.20 by the time I got done with that. This is how much I've gotten done for our show this morning. Yeah which usually you've seen me show these pages and they're filled with stuff. So we're going to wing it a bit today, right? We're going to wing it because I did not have a time to really plan. Thank God I'd already put the StreamYard thing up. So let's say good morning to people who are popping in before I jump into anything else. Good morning, Christine. It's good to see you. Requiem for a Tuesday. Happy Monday to you. Debbie says, good morning. That's a scam. I got it too. Oh, Lord, Debbie, I'm telling you, everything is a scam lately. It's just ridiculous. Joan Durchie, good morning. Uh, you got to love corporate America. You know, and this is a pattern that I'm seeing. So I like to pay for things for a year ahead. I don't like the idea of monthly billing. And you get a discount usually of 20% or so if you do the yearly subscription. So Zoom is that way, Canva's that way. You know, any of the programs I use, I try to, to do that with Genetic Matrix. I pay for them for the year ahead. And then 
you get a certain other discount if you do auto billing or um, auto renewal, they call it. So I don't mind auto renewal, but almost every place will tell you your auto renewal is coming up. So you don't wake up and see $162 deducted from your account that you didn't expect and um, freak out like I was having a freak out. And, uh, but I've noticed that more and more the renewals are full price, maybe even doubled price than what you paid the previous year for no rhyme or reason, except that they think because it's auto renewal, they can just take advantage of you. So for all of you out there, if you've done any of this, make sure you're watching because like me, last year I paid $75 for a year's subscription to McAfee. And this morning I got charged $162, more than double. Now taxes, of course, that's different, right? That's a part of it. So pay attention, pay attention to that because corporate America has found a way to get you. Christine, LOL, I got the runaround on AI voice customer service the other day who could not understand me. Took 20 minutes to get a human to report an internet outage. Oh my gosh, I'm with you there, sister, because we had an internet thing and I just finally gave up. I'm just like, if it comes on, it comes on, great. Uh, <laughs> Requiem for a Tuesday. Yes, I can't stand calling customer service, especially if they're not from here. And let me tell you, no one is from here anymore. They're in India, they're in South America, they're in the Philippines, they're in God knows where else. And truly, I don't mind that so much, except that that accented English with technical language that you're trying to talk to these people about sometimes doesn't work, right? Like you're left feeling like I don't, they don't hear me, they don't understand me, I don't understand them. And, you know, by the time you're done, you're so frustrated, like me, I just... I told them for a flat out cancel, I'll get, I'll get malware bites or something else. And then, you know, finally they helped me. Uh, Christine says, I've got roosters crowing in the background when dealing with overseas customer service. <laughs> I've had that too. That's so funny. Requiem for Tuesday. Yes, the good old runaround. Debbie says it's a wing it kind of weak. Jella, good morning. Requiem says it's outrageous. It really is. And I, you know, I'm usually so, I'm really a very patient person. I'm, I'm kind. <laughs> I, I understand customer service. I've worked that field. But what I don't understand is putting all the pressure on these customer service people for a corporation that just decides, okay, I'm going to charge my clients double. And let's just see what happens. Let's see. Do they notice? Or do they just let it go? You know? And... I mean, I go back and I pull up invoices and I tell them, look at this invoice. This is what you charged me last year. And yes, I understand the concept of inflation, but double the price. Not really something that I think inflation covers there. Oh, anyway, so it was frustrating. But it goes to the astrology of the moment that we're in. And this can be a very frustrating week as it is on Wednesday. We have Mercury in a sextile to Mars. We have Mars coming into a square with Uranus. And we have Mercury all week long peppering different things, right? Mercury squaring Neptune. Can't understand you. Can't hear you. Like you're talking to me from some other world or some other language that I don't get. Then we have Mercury moving into Cancer. Now we add the emotion to it all, right? Mercury in Cancer speaks emotionally. 
the mind is emotionally. So not only are we speaking emotionally, but we're also thinking emotionally. You can tell I'm fired up here. This is emotion. Now, of course, Mercury doesn't move into um, Cancer until 525 my, uh, p.m. West Coast time tonight. But still, that puts it at 29 degrees of Gemini right? Problems in communication that are busting through the surface, right? The frustration that's been held in check through 28 degrees of Gemini is now at 29 and ready to bust out. And it was busting out. I'm just checking my chart here to make sure I'm right that that's where it was. Where's Gemini? Yep, 29 degrees, 09 minutes of Gemini. So what's busting through in the communication channels for you all what's busting through in your mind is your mind on this runaround is your mind full of anxiety anxious right worrying if so it's a mercury kind of thing it's a mercury day it's mercury week so mercury and cancer how do we deal with this emotion well first of all you have to recognize that emotion is very it clouds very easily the the logic right so mercury is a planet that rules two signs gemini and virgo both signs that are fairly logical but you put mercury the ruling planet moving through a sign like cancer that's very emotional and kind of moody it doesn't quite work out in a in a positive way now it can right if you understand that the emotion is showing you something and that you can channel that emotion in a different way it took everything i had this morning not to be yelling and screaming at these people the only thought i had was you know they're just at the receiving end of something that their corporations have done right it's not them that decided to charge me double right that's the only way that i got through this without wanting to you know cuss at them so we have to remember that the emotion is being triggered from something. What is the emotional trigger? And then not reacting to the emotions. So, you know, now for the next three weeks, Mercury will be in Cancer. So it could be things that people say that triggers an emotion in us. It could be something that we say that triggers an emotion in us. It could be the thought processes that we're going through that trigger emotions within us. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a fun few weeks, don't you think? I mean, it makes you go, oh, I can't wait till Mercury moves into Leo. Uh, but the good news is this, it really helps us to tap into what is the feeling, right? And how it is that each one of us uses emotional energy. You know, some people use emotional energy in a very positive way. They're used to emotion. They have emotional IQ or EQ, emotional quotient, is pretty high, right? They get it. This is emotional. I'm the one that's in reaction. So if I just calm myself, I can get through this. That's the process I kind of went through myself this morning. So we're learning about emotional response versus emotional reaction. But you know, face it, the mind is going to run away with us at times this over these next couple of weeks, and things are going to trigger us to become emotional. Now, on the other hand, the higher expression of this energy can be really about how it is that we can speak to people and evoke emotion, right? The emotion for them. And it could be a positive emotion. It doesn't have to be a, you know, negative emotion. How can we speak to people that, and in a way that triggers their feelings about something, right? So we have that. 
Um, Mercury in Cancer can speak very poetically, right? Very much in the rhythm of poetry or in at least a sort of rhythm that allows people to, it evokes a feeling, right? So we have evocative feelings or evocative words that are triggering feelings in all of us. So the next few weeks, we might need to just keep a, you know, a damper on emotional explosions. That is not necessarily what we want, but or we don't need the emotional explosion. What we need is the expression of emotion in positive ways. Yes. All right. Now, yesterday, of course, Mercury was squaring Neptune. So Mercury, of course, communication and all of that, Neptune fogs it all up. I mean, I don't think there was a better expression of Mercury squaring Neptune than my conversation this morning, where I know the woman is speaking English to me. And I keep telling her, I cannot understand you. So she would, she would repeat it and maybe I'd catch another word. So with Neptune here, check yourself before you react to something because you may not have been hearing correctly. Right, you may not really understand what's being said. Definitely not a day for us to really sign contracts. Mostly because, or at least until 5 p.m. Pacific time, when Mercury moves on into Cancer into a different sign that will not necessarily it'll be an out of sign square with Neptune, but not as critical as yesterday was or today is. So because we may not understand, we have to ask for clarity. We may not even understand ourselves, the, the motivations of things. We might not understand uh, our own thinking processes. So when things are cloudy and foggy like that, it's a little more difficult to really make a decision, a key decision. Better to wait until later in the week um, for that type of energy. So I wanted to look, too, at the gates that Mercury is in this week, because that's going to tell us a little bit more about the energy of the week in, in, in terms of, of talking to each other, communicating with each other. But don't forget that Mercury also rules transportation, right? So transportation yesterday, a train wreck, another one spilling, I don't know, god-awful chemicals into the Yellowstone River. Yikes right? Such a pristine environment and now being toxified by something that is being dumped into that river. It's terrible. But we keep hearing about these things, right? How many train wrecks is that this year? Three, four? I have no idea. So we've got to take care with our transportation as well. Another story, Yesterday, Terry and I, it's a beautiful day. We decide we're going to go bike riding. So we're bike riding. And all of a sudden, we're, we turn onto this one road and Terry's bike, we have electric bikes. And he he's more into using the electric part of it than I am. But that's because of his knees. And all of a sudden, his bike just stopped. And it almost dumped him on the ground. And he's yelling for me because I got ahead of him. And I turn around and I see him stopped. He's like, my bike is broken. It won't go. And I said, oh, well, that's weird. Maybe turn it off and turn it on. Right when your computer does that, you turn it off and you turn it on and it works again. So it resets or something. So I told him to do that. And when it came back on, voila, it was working. So he turned around and we're driving along. We get onto another stretch of road and his, I hear an explosion behind me. 
and I mean, a loud bang, like uh, it could have been a gunshot. That's how loud it was. And I look back and Terry's like wobbling all over. His tire blew out. But not only did his tire blow out, the rim that holds the tire shredded. Like the, the, the aluminum, I guess it was, just peeled away and it popped the tire. Oh my God, it was terrible. He could have biffed it big time, right? Mercury rules transportation. A bike is a moving thing, right? We move through. So watch, <laughs> watch your cars your bikes, your motorcycles, whatever it is, the transportation is also ruled by Mercury, as well as the mind and communication. So yay. Yes, he was okay. I had to ride my bike home, go get my car so I could come and pick him up with the bike. And, um, you know, in another customer service fiasco, they can't get to him until July 6th. Not to even do anything about it, to just look at the bike. It's crazy, crazy. Anyway, but yes, he was okay. Thank you very much. Um, so watch everything going on around things of Mercury concerns. Now, today is the 26th and Mercury today is at the gate 15. So remember last week we had the sun and uh, sun at gate 15. And the gate 15 is the gate of the love of humanity. So it's a gate that prompts us to be compassionate and empathetic. And I had to call all that in so powerfully this morning, right? I had to. And I think in, in a way that is a, the one way around some of these mercury things that might come up, miscommunication, um, worry, and so forth, is to remember to love one, one another, right? To love one another, but also to love yourself. The gate 15, though, is specifically the love of humanity. And then on uh, the 29th, which will be Thursday, uh, Mercury moves into the gate 52, which is where the sun is this week, starting today. So we're going to talk about the gate 52, and that is called the gate of stillness. So then the bigger bang for our buck is when we're not speaking, perhaps, or when we slow it down before we actually start to chat or talk right? Get clarity first, right? If Mercury in Cancer at that point in time, one of the biggest things that we can do for ourselves is to get clarity about our own feelings, about what it is that we need to achieve in a conversation with someone, even if it's a customer service department, and uh, be able to do that with peace. Peace. The opposite gate of the 52 is the gate of joy, and as Mercury moves on through Cancer, we come to the gates that are a little more tricky. Provocation, new beginnings, details. So we have some interesting energies with Mercury moving through the sign of Cancer over the next couple of weeks, few weeks actually, about three weeks. Now, if we look at the human design week, now we're talking about the sun and the earth. And where are the sun and earth? Because the sun and earth are going to tell us what the evolutionary challenges are for the week, right? What What is it that we are um, learning about this week? What are we challenged by? So with the sun at the gate 52, the gate of stillness, this is a gate where we that requires patience. In the I Ching, this is called still mountain or mountain. And mountains are what? 
solid, they're still, they're majestic. There's this, uh, you, you get, when you look at a mountain, you get the idea that they have withstood the, the, the test of time, right? They've been there forever. And that's the energy that we're looking at for this week is stillness, being un, you know, unmoving. Um, it's not that we don't want to move, it's that we want to slow it down before we make any changes or before we do anything. In uh, the 52, which by the way is on uh, the, the, the root center, it goes, moves up toward, am I, do I have that right? The 52 is actually, yeah, on the root center moving up toward the uh, sacral center. So even though the root center is a motor and it has energy associated with it, it isn't the sacral, so it's not sustainable. And it comes sometimes with stress. And what does stress cause us to do, right? It causes us to reach out to do something to relieve the stress, right? So in this case, in this week, relieving the stress really has to do with maintaining space, with breathing, with being at peace, being in the calm, right? Not reactive, but responsive. And yet what it shows up in most people as is ADD. Right. This is an ADD feeling where, you know, our we're just being that adrenaline surging through us is wanting us to take action. Right. Do this. Do that. Do that. Get there. Go there. Got, talk to this person. Get it done. And this is a week not to to resist that and instead be at peace. Right. Be in the stillness. Wait for direction. Wait for confirmation. Wait to respond, right? This is responsive energy. So the 52, this is uh, the, 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 the sun, right? What we can get the highest of is the sense of, of stillness, of, of waiting for the right thing, the right prompting for us to take any kinds of action. In the earth, the energy is at the gate 58. Now, by the way, this is the reverse energy of Christmas time. Um, from the Christmas day usually and, or the day after Christmas until, you know, that goes uh, into the next week of December, we're, we're playing in the same energy, right? So it's kind of like we know, right, we're six months from Christmas, just to throw that out there. Um, not that I'm in a hurry for Christmas, but you know what I mean. Uh, so the 58 being the gate of joy and bliss is an energy for us to remember uh, joy, the joyful expression. In uh, quantum human design, this is called the joy of mastery. And I, I'm, I don't go much with that name so much, but I can understand where Karen got this from, because this is a channel that it's part of the 58 over uh, to the 18, that is perfecting energy. And it sees the possibility, the pathway if you will, to perfection. And perfection is about restoring joy, the joyful expression of something. So the 58 then is about feeling the joy when we can be at stillness and see that everything is happening perfectly, even if it doesn't feel like it. Oof, right? This is very Buddha feeling 
energy this week, right? Being at peace, even though there may be this flurry of chaos around us, tapping into stillness that we don't need to jump and leap and come back again, right? We don't have to have that scattered energy focus, you know, here, there, there, here, there, there. We can stay right here and just be in the still point. But we'll be challenged to do that. That's this kind of week. So we're challenged to stay in peace and joy and stillness. We don't always have to be leaping into or out of things in a sort of attention deficit sort of way, feeling that scattered energy. And that's why with Mercury also moving into the gate 52, we want to pay attention to this. There could be, you know, that whipping feel, that whip feeling like your head is whipping from side to side because so much is going on. Maybe we're, you know, it's like watching a tennis match where the balls are going back and forth or, you know, you lose sight of, of what the main purpose was because you get so caught up in the details of something. So it's, you know, best for us to step back, calm down, cool down, come into a place of stillness. So that's this week. And Mercury is going to back that up, validating that, as it were, for the sun. Okay, Natasha, good morning. She says, when navigating something I struggle with hearing, understanding, I call in the interpretation angels and guides. Then I relax my energy to see how they are helping me or us on both sides of the conversation. That's a great idea. It's a great idea. Of course, I did not think of that. I just had to keep breathing. Be cool. Be cool. All right, so that takes us through today's energy. When we get to Wednesday, we have the sun, no, yeah, the sun coming into a trine with the planet Saturn. So there's our a little bit of our saving grace with so much Mercury energy kind of wonking uh, up around us. The sun in the trine to Saturn helps us focus, right? Helps us bring that focus in. The sun, of course, is the bright light that shines, that is all of our personality energy that's pushing out into the world. Saturn says, okay, but you have to have a plan or you have to have a foundation, right? There are things you have to do first before you can get to the finish line. Like you got to take the trip to get there. You got to have the plan, right? You know, um, not many times do you have success without some sort of plan even if it's just an outline, <laughs> right, the bigger picture. So on Wednesday, we have this help from the sun and that trying to Saturn to help us focus our energy in a little bit better and to maybe slow down that whole ADD kind of feeling that we are getting into. Then on Thursday, Mercury comes into the trine with Saturn. That also helps us to bring in the focus. So maybe it's today and tomorrow a little bit that, you know, things are a little crazy wonky in the head uh, or crazy action, you know, where you really need to be into that stillness. Because by the time we get to midweek, we have days that are going to help us, energies that are going to help us recover that focus energy, right? That foundation setting energy. Now, you guys should already be going, hmm, the sun is coming into a trine with Saturn. Hmm, Mercury is coming into a trine with Saturn. That must mean, huh, the sun and Mercury are coming into a conjunction. And you would be right. On Friday, the sun and Mercury come into a conjunction. And that signals the halfway point of the Mercury-Sun cycle, which means we're halfway to 
the next retrograde as Mercury is not retrograde right now. So we can begin to get new messages, perhaps. Um, we can, maybe the light bulb turns on. So if you've been, you know, struggling with something in your mind, there's a better uh, connection to being able to understand what that's all about. So I'm happy to say that this might be very good uh, for all of us as we get to the end of the week. And as well, on Friday the 30th, Neptune moves into retrograde. Now, of all the retrogrades, I tend to like the Neptune retrograde because it forces us inward. We become more easily attuned to our intuition, to our gut instinct, to our spiritual natures when Neptune is retrograde because everything moves inward in a retrograde, right? We, we, we tend to become more introverted, uh, more introspective. And so Neptune, you know, brings all of that inward to us. And he's retrograde from June 30th all the way. I have no idea how long, but probably about five months. So taking us probably into November before he changes again to forward motion. But as any planet, when it changes direction, there's some disruption in the energy fields around it. So this week, as, as Neptune is slowing down to stillness, <laughs> is it? It's going to be still, right? Neptune at this point in time is at gate 36.6 and not moving from 36.6. So we have the gate of saying no, the gate of restlessness and boredom at the role model energy. So we're demonstrating something to ourselves and to each other and to the world uh, about patience, about making the right decisions about responding to what is showing up in our world <clears throat> and not reactive, right? Not reacting. So Neptune turning retrograde is gonna take us backwards. Not very far, right? He's a, an out there planet. So we don't go back very far, but Neptune inwardly focused gives us access readily, I think, to more of our intuitive abilities. And it can turn out to be dreams. It could be any of the Claire's, clairvoyance, clairsentience, Claire, you name it, audience, right? So we may, for those of you who have an open spleen center in your human design, it could be all of them or it could be none of them, right? It could be any of those different Claire's coming in succession or not coming in the same way because you don't have consistent access to intuition. But for those of you who have a defined spleen, who have a defined way that you typically field energy of in information from your intuition or your gut, this will maybe amplify it. So if you tend to be clairaudient, then you may become more clairaudient. If you're clairsentient, you may become more that way. If you dream and dream prophetically, you may become, you may have more crazy dreams that come true. So for each of us, it might take on a little bit different um, way of looking, but we will all have more ready access to our intuition or our intuitive spiritual faculties. Now, um, that also bears taking a little bit of care because when, if you're emotionally defined, let's say, and suddenly your intuition is spiking, you might be very tempted to take action based on your intuition instead of waiting for clarification from your emotions. 
So here's where the whole thing about know thyself gets very good, right? You have to know yourself. And knowing yourself, then you can understand, oh, I'm I'm getting ready to leap into this new relationship or this new job based on this intuitive guidance, which is temporary. It doesn't mean that you don't use that guidance, by the way. It just means you still have to default to, if you're emotionally defined, your emotions and ask yourself those questions. Does it feel good? Is this right for me? Do I want this? And wait for that emotional wave. Right? Wait a little bit longer before you just gut instinct act. The nature of intuition is it's spontaneous. But if by your natal human design, you are not meant to be spontaneous, you can see how this becomes a conundrum, right? I want to act on my intuition, but I also am holding back a bit because I'm emotionally defined and I'm not spontaneous. So how do you square with that? Well, first of all, your authority, which is emotional in this case we're talking about, or splenic if it is uh, intuitive, or it can be the sacral, right? The body, yes, the body, no. It can be the identity center. It can be even mental uh, stress to, you know, talk to other people. Those are always there. That doesn't go away if it is your, your authority. But now that is usually for the bigger things in life, right? When when we really are making a big decision about something, that's when we want to remember that authority. Now, I would say you want to remember it all the time, but especially if you're leaping into a relationship or out of one, into a job, out of a job, uh, relocating, spending a big chunk of money on something. Those are decisions that need to be made with your um, strategy and your authority. But you might find that your intuition is already telling you what the right answer is. Like, what's the right next step? But if you're emotionally defined, you still need to wait, right? And then you can validate that my intuition was correct. This is the right thing for me. All the little decisions, should I go out to lunch with my friend today? Uh, do I want this bread or that bread? Uh, do I want to, you know, take this vitamin or that vitamin? Those are smaller kinds of decisions that we can usually use our intuition with in this kind of case. I hope that's making sense. So everybody kind of chime in and let me know, is that making sense? Do you have questions about that? Maybe questions about how it works in your own chart if you are emotionally defined. You know, sometimes in a chart I see multiple centers that could be authority. And I already know there's a conundrum in this person's life because which way do I pay attention, right? Which one of these do I pay attention to my authority um, or do I pay attention to my intuition? Do I pay attention to my body? What, what's the wisest thing for me to do? And if you have multiple centers defined, you have only one that is the authority. If you have the emotional center defined, hands down, Every instance, that becomes your authority. Your decision-making needs to be with the emotion. How does it feel? Is this correct for me? Is this what I want? That comes with clarity over time. So if you are someone with the emotional center, the sacral center, and the spleen all defined, you are still emotionally defined. But the other centers are also giving their two cents. You just don't make a decision from those places, not big decisions anyway. 
Okay, you make it from the emotional center, but for example, your intuition may clue you in that ultimately this is the right decision for you. You just can't say yes definitively yet or no definitively yet if you have emotional definition. All right, so it keys us all into um, using emotional energy appropriately, using intuition appropriately, and with Neptune kind of moving retrograde and making it more easy for us to access our intuition, it can also become a source of anxiety for us, right? Am I hearing my intuition correctly? Is this the right thing for me to do? Is this the right person for me to do this with? Uh, is this the right timing for an issue? And it always takes us back then to what is our strategy and our authority. But intuition, of course, can cue you in, right? Like yesterday, I had this very interesting thing happen to me. I'm sitting out on my deck and uh, studying my draconic astrology, which one day I'm going to introduce to all of you. And all of a sudden, I smelled the perfume White Shoulders. And I like that, that my sister uh, wears that perfume. And I'm looking all around, there's nobody around me, right? Just the birds, just the bees, nobody around me wearing perfume. I don't wear white shoulders. Um, so I thought, where's that coming from? It's an intuition then, because smell is also an intuitive faculty. So I'm like, I best go get my phone and call my sister. And I did. And it was so funny because as soon as I answered, she's like, I was just thinking of you. And I went, I knew it because I smelled your perfume. It's so weird, right? But now would I use that smell as a big decision? Like I should get on a plane and go to Vegas and visit my sister. Probably not because I'm emotionally defined. That intuition might be correct, but I would need to wait and see if it felt right over time, right? So that's how those things can play out. So all of our spidey senses could be triggered over these next several months while Neptune is in retrograde. And he's retrograde in Pisces, a sign that he rules in the modern day and a sign that is very much connected to spirit. So we may be hearing the voice of spirit more readily. We may be more inclined to be imaginative and creative. We may also be more inclined to be confused, to not hear things correctly, to um, have trouble making decisions in our lives. And that is why knowing your human design, at least at the very minimum, knowing is going to be so helpful for you going on through um, this time period. All right. Uh, the moon today. The moon today is in Libra. A nice place for the moon to be, right? The moon and Venus then are coming into a place where they are in an affinity, right? The moon is emotional. The moon is our inner self, our needs. And Venus ruling our relationships, our love energy, and the moon and Libra, or Libra because Venus rules Libra, moon and Venus have uh, a togetherness sort of feeling right now for the next few days. The moon and Libra rules things like partnerships, relationships, marriage, business partnerships, right? It can be how we collaborate, co-create, uh, and cooperate with one another. 
we may need that energy for these next couple of days. It may be more easily accessible for us during these next few days with the moon in Libra. It is really about sharing responsibilities, seeing how it is that we work together, relying on each other, but without uh, becoming codependent upon each other or with any one other person. And in partnership, then, we are also then talking about the energy of agreements. What kind of agreements or contracts do we have? The reason that Libra or the seventh house rules marriage is because of the contract nature, the agreement nature of marriage, right? The whole idea of now we are blending our resources. Now we are bonding in, uh, we are coming together as one, right? And also the needing to be able to agree to how the relationship will unfold, right? All of those things. So the seventh house, Libra ruled, moon and Libra also then has something to do with the agreements that we are in or the contracts that we are in. And there is such a thing as renegotiation. Right. Sometimes we sign these contracts or we have these agreements and they may not even be spoken agreements. They could be unspoken. Right. Marriage is very obvious. Right. It's, you know, in, it's set in paperwork. It's set in sort of stone. Um, but other relationships, like if we're just, you know, living together or we're uh, in a significant, you know, other relationship, but without marriage, there's still an agreement there. But has it ever been spoken? Right. There's no law binding you two together. But, you know, is there an agreement about how this relationship is going to work? Has it been communicated, in other words? So we get that with Libran energy. Also, the ability to renegotiate any kind of contract or agreement. You know, sometimes in, in a friendship, we can enter into a non-spoken agreement. It might be that you're always going to be there with me for me when I call you, right? Anytime I'm an emotional wreck, I'm going to call you and you need to be there for me, even though we've not said that to one another, but that could be the, the uh, agreement, the unspoken agreement. So the moon in Libra gives us opportunity sometimes to renegotiate. I don't want to be called at midnight when you're having a breakdown, maybe, right? Have a breakdown and call me in the morning. I don't, I'm making that part up, but we do all the time make agreements with people that are unspoken, unwritten. We just assume, assume, right? Now, the moon in Libra also rules art and beauty and harmony and culture and elegance and uh, feng shui sort of feeling, right? The how energy flows in beauty and in harmony. It has a sort of style, a sophistication about it. Um, as it is tuned into the aesthetics of something, right? How color works or how uh, the flow of energy through a room works. All of that is also moon in Libra. So if you're feeling the need to redecorate a room or your house or buy new kitchen towels that are pretty, this might be why. <laughs> it's also about balance. Libra, the scales, right? So we're needing to balance uh, justice. We're balancing maybe opposing views, right? My needs, your needs, uh, love, war, right? Different things like that. Um, we may be 
in a, we may have an instinct for equality and how it is that we need to restore things to an equal balance, uh, an equal um, status in some way. Um, and interestingly enough, Libra in this respect also rules the legal issues that we might have. So when, we, when we're talking about the law, we're talking Sagittarius, but when we're talking about Libra, we're talking about how those laws are applied justly or unjustly, right? She often, Libra is often a, it, it depicted by a woman blinded, right? With a, a, a blind, um, blinders on and balancing the scales of justice. So Libra rules those kinds of legal issues, not the law itself, but how the law is applied in an equal way or an unequal way. Now, of course, in any sign that the moon is in, we have to watch out for some things. In this case, we want to watch out for losing ourselves in the relationships that we are in. Libra is one of those signs that can just go along for the ride, never really saying, gee, I really don't like that. Or I don't really like it when you talk like that to me, right? They're peacemakers, diplomats, tactful. So it's more difficult when we feel like we are lost in a relationship and we don't have a voice in that relationship to then actually use the voice, right? And say, whoops, I'm putting a stop to this. So we want to be careful with that. And we also want to be careful then of being a yes person right? Yes, I'll do that for you, even if it's not in the realm of possibility, right? Libra energy can do that. It causes us to say yes. Um, it is also very indecisive energy. Now, with the moon these few days that we're talking about, and with Mercury's wobbling between Gemini and Cancer, and in the square to Neptune, it is definitely not a good time to make big decisions these few days, right? Wait until later in the week. And maybe even wait a little longer <laughs> because Neptune, of course, ready to go retrograde is also going to create those waves of energy that as the the planet changes direction, even though it's not literally physically changing direction, energetically it is. And we get the backwash, if you will, of, of that energy as it's changing direction. All right. Questions. Nobody has questions. I don't know what to think about that. Maybe I'm just being super clear. That's a possibility. So now in the last 10 minutes, uh, we haven't done this in a while because I've always had so much to talk about. So let me do a quick announcement. On Wednesday, I will be on air with Tam. We'll be taking a look ahead at July. And I realized this morning that I can't even go into July yet because I haven't even looked at the calendar for July yet. So I will have that done by Wednesday so she and I can talk about the things. I do know, of course, Venus turning retrograde in July. Uh, the North Node and the South Node shifting from Scorpio Taurus into Aries Libra. So there's plenty for us to talk about with July. So join Tam and I, 8 o'clock a.m. Uh, Pacific Time on Wednesday this week, the 28th, as we download to you all of the July stuff. Now, what I want to do is some readings for people. Maybe that'll get you guys uh, rolling here and making comments. Um, who would like a reading? You, you guys be thinking about that as I pull the cards over. And 
then if you can also tell me what deck you would like or what is the issue that you need so maybe uh answers to so that i can maybe determine which deck while i'm waiting for you all to respond i'm going to get the dragon deck out and give us a card for the week and debbie says me please wow this is good so debbie which deck while i'm getting a dragon for us i need a clear answer from a dragon and wow we get for this week archangel gabriel's dragon it brings purification self-discipline will speed x ascension and bring joy you can carry archangel gabriel's diamond look at this card it's gorgeous archangel gabriel's dragon a white dragon i don't think we've ever gotten this card when i've been pulling dragons for people or pulling dragons for the week so this is a big deal and i am pretty sure this is going to be uh okay well where is this dragon you are hiding from me aquamarine i was pretty sure this was going to be a no way now how can we have a card i i must be blind are there you are you are a fifth dimensional dragon and here we go fifth dimensional diamond white dragons serve archangel gabriel the mighty pure white angel of clarity joy and hope and boy are we going to need clarity this week right we're going to need this help when we are ready to connect more deeply to him, his dragons shine their crystal light into our energy fields and physical body, allowing deep cleansing and purification to take place. They light up our true essence and we become transparent to the spiritual world. This means that all the lower energies that have not been released from our auric field become visible. So it's important to forgive, love, and respect ourselves and others so that our aura becomes totally clear. Then the dragons will rejoice, for we are ready to walk the diamond ascension path. They will lead the way, clearing and energizing our sparkling new high energy journey and bringing us clarity, hope, and joy so that Archangel Gabriel, with his diamond wings, can overlight us. Receiving this card implies you are expected to cooperate with Archangel Gabriel's diamond white dragons, using self-examination and self-discipline to accelerate your ascension. The dragons can then illuminate you internally with happiness, clarity, and higher expectation. You will become a shining beacon and will automatically radiate light that shows others the way. You will have earned the right to be a walking master. You will carry in your fields the glorious light of Archangel Gabriel's cosmic diamond, which is a life-transforming ascension tool. The diamond white dragons will swirl and dance around you, ensuring that the glittering, shimmering cosmic diamond stays securely in place over your energy fields. It will protect your aura and fill you with joy, purity, and bliss. Joy and bliss, two energies that are present this week for us in our human design. So that's a good one. All right, Debbie, 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 you pick. Okay, Debbie, I pick. And I've already been thinking about this, and I'm going to pull a, oh, 
dream weaver for you a dream weaver this is a deck by colette baron reed and it is i don't know one of the more profound decks that i'm working with at the moment in terms of readings um <laughs> debbie in the middle of the bridge this looks like a card that of uh, balance or harmony right see the yin yang there um the eye, lots of really good imagery here. Card number 15, which is the number six, which is also, funny enough, about balance and harmony and other things too, but keeping things all in perspective. So the essential meaning of this card is learning from different viewpoints and life experiences, compassionate listening and meeting in the middle. Sometimes you get stuck seeing the world in a particular way. Maybe you've been indoctrinated to see things from a specific specific vantage point due to your past experiences. After all, society conditions us in the same way, encouraging us to follow the trodden path of this is how we do things. Maybe you've been comfortable throughout your life without finding it necessary to be open to different perspectives. Things have worked well so far, so why change? Sounds like a Taurus thing to ask. You are being invited now to see things from another point of view. It is the appropriate time for you to engage in deep listening as you learn from other people in situations that are completely different from your own. This is a divine orchestration and a celebration of nuance and complexity that will expand your capacity for understanding, love, and compassion. Stay open to whatever you may discover, trusting it will change you for the better. This is also a brilliant moment for creative endeavors that will surely surprise you as you meet the divine halfway across the great divide. Allow these innovative ideas and new perspectives to expand your heart. This is a beautiful moment of exchanging gifts for the highest good. In the middle of the bridge, just know how truly blessed you are. I think that's an awesome card. It's beautiful too. You can see down here these two different faces. Yeah. And are, are they arms? They're lots of imagery in that card all right all right i hope that makes sense for you uh pam zaruba dealer choice for action dealer choice for action i'm going to go to my wisdom of the oracle deck then um this is also colette baron reed and yet i think of this deck as the one best for giving advice, if you will, on direction of what to do. Yes, thank you, Debbie. You're most welcome. And she says, hit that like button, please hit the like button or hit the thumbs up if you are on YouTube. All right. So Pam, Ooh, regeneration card number 46, which is a 10. So when we look at 10, we have a new beginning, but an elevated new beginning, right? One that's the next step up. So kind of thinking of going up the evolutionary ladder, we come to the stop and now we're ascending, if you will, or moving to the next level. Um, and this is the card of regeneration. So it looks kind of terrible, right? It looks barren, but if you see the bright light, the sparklies, like it's, it's starting to bring some life to the leaves on the plant it's pretty interesting all right card 46 let's go back this way all right so and it was 
essential meaning of rebirth, second chances, and new opportunities. Now, when I pulled it out, it was in upside down. So it was in protection. And what that means is endings come in many forms. And now is the time to stop holding on to what must die so that something better can take its place. Nature's cycles include disease, decay, death, and regeneration. Let whatever isn't working in your life die. Don't be afraid to face the facts. There is no need to struggle or grieve. Whatever your query is, let it go. You're about to be reborn. Wow. Love to know how that one lands for you, Pam. So regeneration. Okay. Uh, after that, Jamon, Jamon, Jamon. Oh gosh, if I'm botching your name, I'm so sorry. Says, can I have one, please? And a dragon. So let's go back to our dragons for Jamon or Jamon. All right. So here we go. Or jam on, jam on. A dragon. All right. I pulled a silver lunar dragon, bathes you in divine feminine light, come into balance and practice peace, harmony, and cooperation. Expand your causal chakra. So I hope we'll find out more about what that is. But here is the silver lunar dragon for you, Jamon. And let's see what this says. The silver lunar dragons are seventh dimensional dragons. And it is in the seventh dimension where your manifesting power lies. So interesting, this might have something to do with um, downloading how you set intention and the blueprint, if you will, for how you create in your life. So let's see here. The moon is a portal through which divine feminine light pours into the earth. It bathes the planet and more specifically connects to our causal chakra and helps to activate it. Recently, seventh dimensional silver lunar dragons have been able to access this portal and stream into our dimension, particularly when the moon is full. They carry divine feminine light in their energy fields and their mission is to touch us with it to prepare for a golden future. For 10,000 years, we have been influenced by the masculine. However, in the new golden age, the feminine qualities of peace, harmony, equality, cooperation, love, unity, and wisdom must harmonize with the masculine. So silver lunar dragons are very dynamic now because they are actively bringing about the balance of yin-yang energy on the planet. I sort of sense a theme going through all of these readings of balance and harmony and creating from the divine feminine. As these shimmering dragons touch our causal, our causal chakra and enable it to expand, unicorns are able to use the illuminated chakra as a portal to enter Earth and assist our ascension. In this way, the silver lunar dragons serve us and we serve the planet. Choosing this card suggests that you call on the silver lunar dragons to bathe you in their energy and that you practice peace, harmony, equality, cooperation, love, unity, and wisdom in your daily life. A lunar dragon will be close by helping and supporting you. Are you bringing yourself into balance? You are doing as you are bringing yourself into balance. You are doing your part to bring the planet into equilibrium. 
Visualize your causal chakra as your own personal moon. The silver lunar dragons will touch and expand it until the frequency is high enough to allow pure white unicorns to step through it. Whew. It sounds magical and whimsical and yet needs to have some practical action to balance things, energies. So, woo, good one. Uh, okay, and Natasha, I'll do one more. It's already after nine, but I'm going to do it anyway. And let's see, please, a star card of any type. You know, it's funny because I I put the star seed uh, when I reached for the uh, Wisdom of the Oracle deck, I put the star seed cards on top so I could get them. Uh, so I'm going to pull you a star seed oracle Rebecca, from Rebecca Campbell. So it's the star seed oracle. And that's the guidebook, obviously. The cards themselves are beautiful. But let's see, Natasha. Ooh, that flew out. And it is, wait, it's not time yet. Things are being woven. And along with it, because you got a twofer, the one next to it is trust the timing. Trust the wave you came in on. Time is not running out. So we seem to have a time theme here for you. One is about waiting. The other one is trusting in timing. So let's read those to you. And let's see, the first one I saw was wait. I forgot these are all alphabetical. That makes it so much easier. All right. In our fast, loud, reactive, comparative world, where an instant response is so often expected and at times even a currency, it can feel almost impossible to take a breath, let alone give ourselves the space to rest, wait, and reset. We're so often in overdrive, expecting instantaneous results over and over again. And when guidance doesn't come at these extreme speeds, it can feel as though something's gone wrong. But often, not receiving guidance is guidance in itself. When you ask for guidance and don't receive it, it can often mean, wait, it's not time yet. The details are being woven. I want to show you how it shows that in the, in the guide. See, the details are being woven. <laughs> I love it. Our challenge is to keep trusting when, on the surface, it appears that nothing is happening. To remember that no matter how long or bitter the winter, spring always comes. To remember that you don't need to solve all of the world's problems in a single day, and that perhaps they'll be better solved with some perspective and a good night's sleep. This card is your permission slip, Natasha, to slow down, switch off, and rest. You're being reminded to have patience and to trust the mystery of life, to trust that things are being woven on your behalf. It may not be happening in the timeline you'd like, but if you gather up patience, it will be orchestrated better than you can ever imagine. And here's your starseed soul inquiry, because in this deck, you always have something to do after the reading. And here is your question, Natasha. How can you slow down, be more patient, and wait? How can you slow down, be more patient, and wait? All right. And then, because you had a second card, again, about timing and probably waiting. It's trust the timing. Did I show you the cards? I'm not sure. Here's the wait card that we just read, right? I love that imagery there. And then here's the card for trusting the timing. Trust the timing. Okay, so let's read that one. 
So often, those who feel like they're here for a reason sense the time is running out and they spend their life worrying they might miss their moment. But the only way to miss your life or moment is to spend your time worrying about missing it. It's never too late to answer a calling and you're never too old. The tides of your life are magnificently orchestrated to come in and out in perfect unison. Don't race ahead and ride a wave that was never meant for you. You'll waste your precious time and energy when instead you could be enjoying your life. Everything has a season and you're being called to trust the one you're in. Don't let impatience, comparison, competition, or paranoia disturb the seeds. It seems that everyone has anxiety these days, constantly scanning for something they might have missed or a possible threat. Keeping our mind and body pointed in the same direction as our soul is near impossible at such reactive speeds. Hmm. Right now, you're being reminded to take a breath and trust the wave you came in on, to trust the season you're in. Time isn't running out. There's plenty of time. There's no rush, and it's never too late. Now, you get another soul inquiry for you to write down here. How can you trust the timing of your life a little more? How can you trust the timing of your life a little more? Wise words for all of us. Wait, trust the timing. All right, guys. Thank you so much for letting me share information with you today and do readings for all of you. And I will see you all on Wednesday morning this week for our discussion of what's to come for the month of July. As well, I will see you on Friday for our usual Friday broadcast. Thanks so much, everybody. Much love. Take care. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.